This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The Republican Congress right now, if there is a Republican Congress in January, uh, it doesn't have quite as good of a relationship with some of those folks as it used to. That's not to say that there is no relationship and no incentive to placate some of those folks. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Always have known that this was not the end. It was only the beginning of our fight to rescue the American dream. And it's a word you don't use, two words. I don't want to be Joe. It's two words, American dream. <laughs> that was not good what he did. There are a lot of bad things like going to Idaho and saying, welcome to the state of Florida. I really love it. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Well, I think we all knew kind of that that was coming, although I think it makes it a little difficult for December 6th, which I'm going to discuss, and I think it also makes it difficult for uh, really his campaign to go in so early because of all the FEC considerations, they're going to be dogging him. And that's why a lot of them, they do exploratory, exploratory committees, things like that. That was the big news last night. Welcome to the radio show. Dana Lash here with you. And a lot of stuff to discuss because we have all of the latest stuff going on with uh, Poland, Ukraine, we've got updates on that. It looks like I was right. Uh, goodness. A, a lot of, to get into, we finally took the house. Yeah. We have midterm updates. We got, finally have some numbers. It's only been over a week, guys. So we got that for you as well. And uh, all kinds of stuff. So we're going to be diving into all of that, this radio program. And of course, you can stream us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, the simulcast of the radio show as well, and uh, make sure that you do. So, the president's speech last night, there was a lot of, um, I don't know why, but there was a lot made of, well, I mean, I know why, but there was a lot made of the media. Oh, the media cut away from his speech, etc. Well, they always have. I didn't find that to be anything new. I didn't think that that was anything new, the fact that, you know, they, they did cut away from some of it. Because after, he, after the meat and potatoes, what was the point of carrying it anymore? After the original announcement, I mean, that's what, but everybody carried the original announcement. So I just don't know. I thought that was a, a dumb, I had to get that out of the way. I thought that was a stupid thing from the, uh, the, the punditry, the commentary class to 
hit on that. So I wrote about this last night. If you subscribe to the newsletter, which you should because there's all kinds of great stuff. So you absolutely should. Uh, I wrote about it last night. We had the announcement that or his announcement last night. And we also got into all of the, the stuff with Poland and everything. But that was the big, the big takeaway. So I have a piece. I have a couple of pieces coming up this week. So first he announces there was there's a lot of movement in the Senate and the House. And I'll get to all of that. Uh it came out yesterday. People noticed that Ivanka Trump wasn't in the audience. She had uh, put out a statement saying that she wanted to be more with her kids instead of having a political role. And I get that. I mean, and I think that that's kind of, you know, I think that I, I get that. I, I think people might be making a lot of it. Uh, to me, that seems that it is more about that than her dad's candidacy. However, it looks bad. And here's why she was viewed as because I think she's a moderate. She was viewed as uh, by the independents in a way like as though she moderated his positions. You know what I mean? So that, that 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 was enough to kind of she was there to stop Democrats essentially from taking all the women's. And she was there to help moderate, at least optically, how he came across to independents. And so. That, I think, is a loss to him if she's not going to be around. I still think it's nuts that he announced so early. I think it's absolutely nuts. I think it's nuts because who wants to be beholden to all of these ridiculous, the federal, the the FEC stuff, all the election rules with spending and everything else. I also think that it puts it puts December 6th in a in a weird position because the the runoff election in Georgia now everybody you, you have Herschel Walker it you have Warnock who's not going to be really running against Herschel Walker by himself they're going to they're going to make it about Herschel Walker and Trump and Trump has it's a weird thing for him in Georgia and you by the way and I, I, I hate the fact that I have to say this this BS I I blanking hate it because it when you point out numbers and you point out hard data People are so damn tribal on the right and left. You're accused of, oh, you don't like so-and-so because you're citing math. This is why I want the asteroid to come and obliterate this parent. Smod, this planet, smod for 2024. So in Georgia, he had a rough go in Georgia. People, he fought with Brian Kemp. I mean, that's the truth. And Brian Kemp ended up doing really well. Um... Marjorie Taylor Greene already came out, I think, endorsed him. But he, there are some weird, he's got some weird, with certain parts of the state of Georgia, they have a weird reception to him. And it's just, and you noticed it in the run, in the runoff election, or the special election with uh, Leffler, um, as well as 2020. There's just some weird, there's some weird stuff there. And I don't think it helps him. So it's going to be, I, I, there are some analysts out there that say it could actually hurt Walker because of that. Now, whether it happens, it remains to be seen. But I think it's I think it was bad for I think it's bad for anybody. I don't care who you are. It's dumb to announce before December 6th because it's going to suck all the oxygen out of that race. That's my biggest complaint about about all of that last night is that it I mean, December 7th. Fine. Do it on December 7th. Not not before December 6th, because I really don't want that announcement to be the thing that kind of... And yes, people are dumb enough to think like this. I'm sorry to break the bubble if you have a higher... Hold people in a higher esteem than I do. I don't. 
But people are dumb enough to do stuff like that. Oh, well, you know, I really don't like him. This race is becoming about Trump and not Herschel Walker. That's just how people are. That's how they think. So this, uh, I worry about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and look at the numbers as well. Uh, so, and I, and I have some polling to share with you. And again, if you're a subscriber to the newsletter, you got this stuff already. You get it first. You get dibs. So with all of this, a couple things here. The House was able, the House control, GOP got House control with by, by a razor thin margin. That was smaller than I actually had anticipated, I will say. I do think it was, it's smaller than I anticipated. Uh, that being said, however, it is, it's still, thankfully, uh, it is a Republican victory. And so that is where, that's where the, the latest stands. So that's still, thankfully, it's still a Republican victory. They got 217 to 208. Uh, so that's where, and I think they're still waiting on Colorado, the, the thirds, and that would be, I think, a 218 pickup, wouldn't it? So, and that would be Bobert there. So I think, Aren't we still waiting for Colorado? Does anyone know? Because it's been so... Yeah, we're still waiting on Colorado. That's the only race that's not... They haven't called it yet, which is stupid. 49.8 to 50.2 in favor of Boebert. I can't believe it hasn't been called yet. So that would pump it to 218. So they're going to maintain control. There's nothing that Democrats can do. The math isn't there to get them to that point. So that's, you know, thankful. By a razor-thin margin, it's going to be a fight. Now, everyone's sitting here bitching about the Senate. I, the Senate, I want to play this for you. And before people freak out, because I'm playing a Mitch McConnell audio, audio soundbite, I'm going to tell you something. When he talks about the polling, that's what stood out to me. Because I'm going to tell you too, I looked at the Senate polling and I did not see this. Now, here's my question. Why is it? When did, when did Mitch McConnell deal with the House? Because the House did not perform to the polling expectations. That I will give you. Why is nobody talking about that? Everyone's talking about the Senate. They performed exactly as the polling had. I'm not kidding you. I did not have Blake Masters winning Arizona. I told you guys this. I did not have Oz winning Pennsylvania. I told you this. Walker's going to be a brawl. I did think that Laxalt could pull could eke out a tiny victory in Nevada. So that wasn't enough to kind of throw me. All those polls were on par. The House wasn't. So listen to this soundbite here from Mitch McConnell because he touches the polling. He was like, I don't know where the red wave came from. To his credit, he never actually talked about a red wave. Listen. It's a little bit long, but it's worth it. Senator Scott and others who agree with him is that your decision not to have an agenda to run on opened up Republican candidates to attacks that they didn't really stand for anything. What is your response to the criticism that you are partially responsible for? Every one of our candidates knew what they were for, uh, expressed it quite clearly. Uh, It's pretty obvious, and all of you have been writing about it, uh, what happened. We underperformed among independents and moderates because their impression of many of the people in our party in leadership roles is that they're involved in chaos, negativity, uh, excessive uh, attacks, and it it frightened uh, independent and moderate Republican voters. And we saw that, which is why you all recall I never predicted a red wave. We never saw that in any of our polling in the states that we were counting on uh, to win. There was no way. We had national issue set, 
that was favorable. But as a result of our own, uh, the perception many of them had that we were not dealing with issues in a responsible way and that we were spending too much time on negativity and uh, attacks and chaos, they were frightened. And so they pulled back. Uh, we, in two states, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, in two states, for example, got just crushed by independent voters, Arizona and exactly. New Hampshire. So we learned some lessons about this, and I think the lesson's pretty clear. Senate races are different. Candidate quality, you recall I said in August, is important. Now, and, I think and what he said here, states, and people get so, they get so busy getting mad at him. There's a reason why he's been in the position as long as he has. And even from the people you dislike, if they're successful and you still dislike them, you need to learn something from them. You can learn something from everybody. What he, what he said there about the polling, he's absolutely right. And the Republicans got their absolute ever-loving asses kicked in Arizona by independents. And Pennsylvania, too. Not enough Republicans turned out. It was higher than it, nor, than it was in a previous midterm. Not enough turned out, though, to, to offset that. We can either acknowledge this stuff or we can keep on losing elections. I mean, you know, and helping Democrats. To me, it seems like people are more Democrat if they decide to help Democrats by not correcting the course of bad electioneering than correcting the course of bad electioneering and actually helping Republicans by winning races. Do you hear? I had a discussion about this with a friend uh, this morning. The friend was very upset over this. And I'm like, this is the math. I'm like, dude, you can sit here and argue with me six ways to Sunday, but this is the math. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, he's like, that's, you know, independence, you know, it has nothing to do with that, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, do you want to win elections or do you want to be, you know, a lotion boy for Democrats? Pick your pick your poison. What do you want to do? You want to sit here? You want to help Chuck Schumer? Keep doing what you're doing, slick. Can you tell it was a fun conversation? I'm like, keep doing what you're doing, slick. You want to help Democrats? Keep doing what you're doing. Do not allow Republicans to correct course. Keep on doing the same stupid stuff over and over again. I feel like a broken record. Oh, man, he's mad. He's fine now, but he was mad at me earlier. And I'm like, I'm not telling you anything to be mean. I'm telling you what the math is. I want to win. You're opposing me. So that makes you a political enemy for me. That's how I look at it. Now, the other stuff that we got coming up here, because what he said there was important when he talked about independents and moderates, because a lot of people ran a primary campaign in a general race. That's bad. There's a reason why people shift message after they win. And the people who are smart get this. The people smart and have experience in politics get this. So we're going to eke out a little bit of control in the House. We're going to talk about this. Plus, the Russian missiles that reportedly killed two in Poland may not have been Russian. All War Inc. wanted to just run headfirst like Leroy Jenkins into this mess. And guess what? Now the facts are coming out. I'm not going to say I was right. Ah, yeah, I am. I was right. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, and marriage. Folks, these subjects are a big part of political dialogue today, and we talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. Right now, my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Join Hillsdale 
Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So what are you waiting for? The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Visit DanaForHillsdale.com to watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation, and sign up for this new, completely free online course. That's DanaForHillsdale.com. DanaForHillsdale.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. This is why dogs are so fun. So the New York Post has this piece. A deaf dog gets her own actual service dog. The dog's name is Poppet, and her dog, Poppy, helps her with everything. It is absolutely adorable. So she's a deaf Dalmatian. She's three years old, very quiet and shy. She has a little sister named Poppy, and uh, Poppy is the service dog for Poppet. And like cues her and everything. It's actually quite adorable. And they're in Scotland, so they get thrown around by the lock. Okay, that was horrible, but you guys understand what I'm. It is. It is actually adorable. And apparently, uh, they won dog shows and all kinds of stuff. Uh, also, ooh, this was uh, the ju- a judge had blocked the United States from using Title Forty Two to expel illegal entrants. There were a record two point three million encounters with illegal entrants at the southern border in the fiscal year 2022 so a federal judge barred authorities from using the title 42 trump era rule to allow the the quick jettison of illegal entrants to cross the border so i don't have enough particular digits on on my hand for that particular judge that's insane i don't know why you wouldn't uh, church attendance not back to pre-covid levels great job churches Churches in the United States are struggling to return to attendance levels because they decided to go ahead and go along with the government and lock down during a time when people needed to be in church the most. So we're going to pretend that we're, we're shocked by this headline that church attendance still isn't back to what it was when churches missed an amazing opportunity to actually double their attendance. Moving on. Jay Leno may need skin grafts after last weekend's fire at his garage. That's how it, it you know, the more I hear about this, that sounds a lot more serious than we originally thought. We're going to get into all of that, well, a bunch of stuff, Poland and more, coming up next. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Everything we discuss is then leaked to the paper. That's not appropriate. 
And that's about all the way the conversation was conducted. So you can hear Xi Jinping's translator telling Justin Trudeau everything we discussed has been leaked to the paper, and that is not appropriate. So Xi Jinping dresses down Justin Trudeau at the G20 in public on camera. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here. Um, see, this is why I couldn't be president. I mean, he's just so smug. They know he knows the cameras there, man. They're so they're they're like in they're so theatrical. Xi Jinping, the communist leader, almost almost meets the rule that one of my my younger sons had established that if something is a foot shorter than you, you can kick it. Like, you don't need to be afraid of it. Like, if it's a monster, what was it? We were talking about gremlins. He's like, I don't know why you people were scared at this movie. All you do is kick those things. So he said. He's like, I don't get it. So he does this in public, dressing him down. And Justin Trudeau is just such a simp. He just takes it. Okay. Okay, Master Xi. Okay. Thank you, Xi Jinping. The reason I couldn't be president is because I'd have yeeted him across the room. I just would have. And then we would have been in a war probably or something i don't know i would have been like i'm sorry i couldn't hear you over the death of all the uyghurs what yeah. oh i'm sorry i couldn't hear you over the covid i what yeah. oh i'm sorry i couldn't hear you over your attacks on taiwan a sovereign nation what i mean i would have trolled him and made him mad and then this is why i can't ever people see people think like trump was mean i know my limits i would never run for office because it would be it'd be horrible dressed him down so the g20 is going real well i mean in 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 short the g20 is going great guys my oh my all right so let's talk about the latest uh we're not going to be in world war three i gotta tell you something i got so i didn't get mad i was amused i wrote this piece yesterday uh that got into some of the and i also had a development to it it was talking about the missiles that this, this came while we were on air yesterday Russian missiles had reportedly killed two in Poland, and it hit this this rural area five miles away from Ukraine's border. And apparently, the er, the the earlier well, you have people like who's this Rebecca Heinrich? I don't even know who this person is. I mean, decided to pull up at the stoplight, and uh, it was just interesting because. I had said War Inc. is rubbing their collective hands together because they were. I don't know. I'm sure you guys saw a lot of people were going, oh, my gosh, it's time to go to war. It's time to trigger Article 5. Yeah, WW3 was trending. Article Article 5 5 trended. Everything was trending. Everyone's like, NATO's going to war. Time to go to war. It's all we heard. All we heard all day yesterday. So, you know, heaven forbid your lovable curmudgeon is, see, is thinking maybe we should wait for some more info to come in because there were some things that just didn't make sense, right? Can I just, let's just lay this out. So these missiles reportedly hit this town, Predsvodau, uh, five miles from the border, and there were two people killed, and there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not they were trying to hit this energy generator, this hub or whatever that was actually in Ukraine, and they overshot. But that would have been an error because mistakes aren't attacks and attacks aren't mistakes. And I think if you're going to kick off World War III, nuance kind of counts here. You know what I'm saying? It's, here's why it seemed weird to me. Why would Russia, who is getting their butts kicked, 
why would why would you know pillow face mcshaky leg decide to lob some rocket or missiles over to poland why would he i mean i know i get it dumber things have been done in human history it's how we got hunter biden but why would pillow face mcshaky leg kick off some missiles over to a nato nation when he's already getting his butt whooped in ukraine it's the dumbest thing ever it makes no strategic sense at all whatsoever none occam's razor does apply here sometimes the simplest explanation is the correct one now i thought it also seems kind of an errant action because russia's equipment and their training and their tech are notoriously garbage i mean there are memes online though did you have you seen the kids the kids my kids they all they share these memes of like a russian tank rolling in a field and then the the treads fall off or something it's ridiculous stuff falls off as it's going and it has to stop it's that bad it is so bad and so they don't have proper training that's been known since all this started there are are two entirely different things here and they deserve entirely different responses and i thought that this was obvious but apparently it wasn't like i said mistakes aren't attacks and attacks aren't mistakes not even China wants to co-sign on Russia's invasion. They've been avoiding, apparently, they've been avoiding their lackeys at G20. I read a piece. They don't want to have anything to do with it because it's a drag. They're losing. It's embarrassing. And that's one thing that Xi Jinping does not want to... This is a guy who banned Winnie the Pooh in China because the the, the Reddit Redditors were basically making fun of him. All, the, all of the Chinese dissidents and everyone were making fun of him and Barack Obama because they said he looked like Winnie the Pooh in this photo. He banned Winnie the Pooh. He's thin-skinned. There's one thing that he and the commie regime in Beijing do not want to happen, and that's to look even dumber. So they don't want to sign on to this. Russia's taken heavy losses, so heavy they've decided to to, uh, call up all the grandpas. I mean, it's like the Battle of uh, Hornburg, Helm's Deep, when they start handing swords to nine-year-olds. It's about there in Russia. Now, this, what is it, Rebecca Heinrich had said, she got, she, I could tell she was very, she seems a little war inky. Because I said, war ink is rubbing their collective hands together. And she said, Russia just shot two missiles into Polish territory. Why isn't the call for Poland's right to self-defense? Well, no one is arguing against self-defense, which is Amat Bailey. We just want to be informed before accepting completely unconfirmed reports as some casus belli for potential war. The issue here isn't just Poland's right of self-defense because it's a specious and again it, it presumes that it's an attack and that defense is necessary to prevent more attacks. And it also implies that it's just solely Poland that would be defending itself and not an entire NATO defense operation which means more lives and more resources are involved than just Polish lives and Polish resources. And heaven forbid this kicks off some domino chain of events a la Archduke Ferdinand that devolves into World War III, which means then everyone's lives and everyone's resources will be at risk. So I think before you gamble that, you should make sure first whether or not it's a mistake or an attack, because a mistake isn't an attack and an attack isn't a mistake. Instead of going in blind, hysterical, guns blazing. Oh my gosh, right itself. Stop. Now, 
Poland was considering, I think, invoking Article 4, meaning they would bring the issue before the Security Council's member nation. Article 5, though, is not like drawing your He-Man sword and changing, you know, from the prince into He-Man. you got to vote on it. And then even after you have to vote on then voting to go to, to war. I mean, there's a lot of things here. It's not something like, oh, 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 wait a minute, our beacons. It's not like you're lighting the fires in Middle Earth, right? I, it's, it's not like that. Gondor's called for aid and Rohan will answer. It's not like that. Okay, you got to vote. They all got to come together and they got to vote. That's the way things work here. They have a right of self-defense. Let's go to war. I mean, who the hell thinks like this? I don't want people like that anywhere near Washington, D.C. Oh, my gosh. There's enough of them in the Pentagon. No. So now here's what's interesting. Because I had some of the I had some of the war ink mad at me. You know, I, somebody called me a Russian bot. And I'm like, are you serious? Golly, talk about jumping the shark, man. Not everything is a Russian bot, you know? It's like finding a, a, a something at Target and it, the price is mis, mislabeled and you're actually paying $2 more at the checkout. This is a Russian bot. Not everything is a Russian bot. Stop, Sheila, stop. So the new information is that, hmm, Kane, did you see this little headline? U.S. and NATO initial findings are that the missile which hit Poland was actually fired by Ukrainian military. Now, I am not telling you, this is not Russian bot stuff. Even Joe Biden, which I think would desperately want this to be Russian, had to acknowledge this late yesterday evening. Do we have that audio or was he just going, "Mm," I can't remember. Yeah, he was like, "Mm." but the point is, is that and I was reading this piece. It's an NBC. It's everywhere. NBC, ABC, everywhere. Uh, Even Poland's foreign minister says, yeah, it, it looks like it was most likely Ukrainian air defense. Because apparently a lot of the Ukrainian munitions and equipment and stuff is Russian stuff, which makes sense, you know. So either way, it looks like it was an error. They said that it looked like it was fired by Ukrainian military in response to an incoming Russian missile. And they said so. And, and Biden had a response yesterday at the G, at G20, which supported it. He said it was unlikely that the missile that hit Poland was fired from Russia is what he said. There is audio of this. And uh, if we can play this, he had said that it was unlikely that this missile. And then they said that leaders of NATO and uh, Poland all agreed that it was most likely an accident caused by Ukrainian air defense. They were responding to a Russian missile. Um, And they're still calling for a joint study of the blast site. And so this is what Biden said yesterday. This is our late evening. Listen. Too early to say whether this missile was fired from Russia. There is preliminary information that confess that. I don't want to say that till we completely investigate. But it is, uh, I, 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 it's unlikely. Lines unlikely. So, I didn't get an apology from anybody who got mad at me. You know. I'm just wondering if Heinrich kind of reformed, revised her. Though they were right of salt of Like, can you just chill the hell out? Somebody get the girl some Chardonnay. Damn. Calm down. 
I mean, we don't have to go to, you know, from six to midnight, like, you know, just without knowing anything. Golly. I think that's, you know what, that's good. That should be our collective phrase as a nation right now. Going into the holidays, calm down. Let's take it down a level. Take it down a bit. Because it's nuts. It's just, it was just crazy to see people go off like this. I'm like, we don't even know anything. Doesn't matter. We want war. Oh my gosh. So uh, that looks like it's all kind of wrapped up, right? They didn't get, I mean, it, man, people were trying to spin it. They were really trying to spin it. So coming up, I have probably one of the stupidest stories. This is the dumbest story that you're going to read this week. Oh, yeah, it's real bad. You, <laughs> I'm not even going to get through it because it's so dumb. So it has to do with Fetterman. It's an actual piece at Politico. Can I just give you the headline so you got an idea of what's coming? So this is the headline. <laughs> Hold up. Let me get serious. Wait a minute. Okay. It's gonna come, I can't look at anybody or the camera. It says, Fetterman, Trump, and a new model of blue-collar masculinity. Democrats don't have to cede the politics of masculinity to the GOP. <laughs> it is there is a glorious paragraph in here that I'm probably not going to be able to move past for the remainder of the show. I'm going to warn you right now. That's coming up as we get moving. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. So this Politico piece, your lovable curmudgeon here, is one of the funniest things I've read. Now, in my defense, it was like, I think maybe <laughs> 8 o'clock last night. Your girl works late. So I was in my desk, and I'm getting stuff set up for today, you know, getting things scheduled and all that. We're bringing on, uh, we got another writer who's going to be coming on to the newsletter uh, Substack here and we have another one we're going to talk about all this stuff coming up next hour there's a great piece on FTX that's going to actually run in about six minutes and I saw this piece it was is at the end of the day and you're you know how it is at the end of long work day you're already kind of fruity you're like <laughs> and I read this and I laughed I'm not kidding you for at least an hour and a half I'm I'm not even actually exaggerating it is that funny so here's the headline ready it's from Politico Fetterman, Trump, I can't get through it, and a new model of blue-collar masculinity. Democrats don't have to cede the politics of masculinity to the GOP. Now, oh man, this is so bad. It's just so ridiculous. And I, I wrote about this in the newsletter too. So it gets in, it basically it talks about his 
his cosplay. I don't even know how to say it. That's kind of, he's like pretending to be a man. He's pretending to, it's just weird. So the piece says, and I'm going to read different parts of it. He says that in Braddock, Fetterman played the Don who takes care of his people. Oh my gosh. One of the key distinctions between Fetterman's and Trump's masculinities, Fetterman embraces his tough guy image. And then they had this gem of a paragraph. Fetterman also connected with blue-collar voters by signaling an embrace of blue-collar values. There are many ways Democrats can do this, but Fetterman himself did it by appealing to blue-collar masculinity. The irony is that Fetterman himself does not come from a blue-collar background, but he was able to connect with blue-collar tropes and traditions. What about him as masculine? His parents gave him an allowance and he was 50, so he didn't have to hold a job. His sister bought him a bougie loft. Oh, he lives in a bougie loft. The hoodie is a trope. Out. The cake is a lie. In. The hoodie is a trope. Portal reference. Second hour on the way. Stick with us. Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltechweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com We're still gathering information, but we have seen nothing that contradicts President Duda's preliminary assessment that this explosion was most likely the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile that unfortunately landed in Poland. Mm. And whatever the final conclusions may be, the world knows that Russia bears ultimate responsibility for this incident. So that's Lloyd Austin just a little bit ago uh, making remarks on this, 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 I wrote about this last night, sent it out to subscribers, uh, the missiles that landed in, what, five miles away from Ukraine's border in Poland, uh, killing two individuals. It was in a rural area, and I think the big question was, was it a mistake or an attack? Because they're completely different things that require different uh, responses. So that is, and they say, but what's interesting, they said, well, it, it's most likely there was a little Ukrainian air defense. It uh, fortunately landed in Poland. Russia bears ultimate responsibility. I mean, if they were, you know, if they were trying to deflect a rocket, if Ukraine was, then I think, you know, by and large, it looks like this action. I mean, yes, the conflict of Russia going into Ukraine is Russia's fault, but I don't think that you can say that Russia has the responsibility of firing missiles. They didn't fire missiles at Poland. They were firing at, it looked like they were trying to take out, there's a hub 
that's apparently when you look on, they ha- they've been showing these maps. There's this hub that's like right in this area. And they've been trying to take out power for large parts of Ukraine and disrupt supply lines, etc. And that looks like what they were trying to do and Ukraine successfully defended it. Yeah, Russia shouldn't be firing off rockets. But also you can't say that Russia did this. So it's not, this is not, we're not going to have Article 5. We're not going to have World War Three. So War Inc. can calm down. But the way that Zelensky said it yesterday, he had said, and I'm reading a translated quote. He said, Russian missiles hit Poland, NATO territory. This is a Russian missile attack on collective security, a very significant escalation we must act. He was trying to say that this was a Russian attack on NATO. And it wasn't. It's in the fog of war. You got to be very cautious. So that was interesting. It actually was not. Now, while all of this is going on, I have an update for you really quickly, and then we're going to get into a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Mitch McConnell was reelected as GOP Senate leader by Senate Republicans. You knew that was going to happen. Uh, he had uh, they started doing that today, so he's already he's already he's already been selected. So that's that, that's it. So we're going to see. You know, we'll just I guess see what's. Uh, oh boy, there's a new poll out. Uh, we'll see what's going on there. Uh, additionally. Oh, goodness, a number of things. Uh, I have new polling that I'm going to get into with you. And then later on, we're going to talk to Stephen Yates about all of the latest with uh, G20. And then what is so what so what now after we've kind of figured out what the situation was with this missile in Poland? We're going to talk to Stephen Yates, foreign policy expert. He's been at, who's at Mar-a-Lago last night. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, I had a question because we were looking at this, the the FTX stuff we were talking a little bit about it yesterday and it's really weird how it's being presented in the press the people who are mad at elon musk for playing around and spending his own money are entirely not mad and not even concerned about the sam bankman freed playing with everybody else's money which is interesting. This is the FTX. That's the exchange. You've seen this in, in the headlines. Uh, right now, it's not behind a firewall, but there's a piece on chapter and verse about this. It's written by one of our uh, new contributors, Lorraine. And you can go and read it right now, why the collapse of FTX worries Democrats. Because a lot of people have been talking about crypto. Democrats desperately want to regulate this. And yeah, there's a lot of scammy stuff out there, but you know, some things you know go bust, some things don't. I I kind of like the idea of trusting people's common sense more than I do government regulation because government regulation turns everything to well, you know. But the reason that Democrats and Lorraine writes in this great piece, the reason why Democrats are very very worried about this FTX story. And the reason why there was this major push, I don't know, I, I did see this in the very beginning when I was looking at what was what was trending, et cetera, in the press. There was this really big push to make this like, oh, this is a failure of crypto. Oh, cryptocurrency. This is a, you know, this is a failure of the exchanges. This is this, that. It's because there's not enough regulation. Isn't that? And Kay noted that too. We're like, that's the push on this. That's a huge, it's kind of 
can we know a little bit more about it before we just, again, just like the stuff with Poland, can we know a little bit more about this before we just assume that your narrative is true? And so more details started coming out. They call him, his, his name is Sam Bankman Freed and AKA SBF. So just so you can get all your acronyms in place. He's this investor. He was, was I guess, a billionaire. He was the head of FTX, which was a cryptocurrency exchange. And there's... Essentially, he created this exchange, and they used, apparently, money with this group that he set up, this company that he set up, Alameda Research. And I, I think, uh, what is it? The Isn't the girlfriend, the Lord of the Rings loving girlfriend, the CEO? Or, or no, the, the Harry Potter loving girlfriend is the CEO. It's like a nerd's dream come true, right? They get together and they... <laughs> They create Alameda Research. He creates this exchange. Alameda apparently uh, had uh, provided the majority of the liquidity. And he was he was funding these charities and he started to become very well known. But here's where it gets really interesting. Because while he was being feted for the charities that he and the Ukrainian crypto exchanges, he was donating all these causes. And he was being feted for the charitable donations. But what kind of went under the radar was how much money he was spending on Democrats. And so Lorraine, one of the new contributors over at Chapter and Verse, and you can read this over on Substack, noted that SBF, and that's his his acronym, had spent about $40 million on elections the past these midterms. Over 90% of that money went to Democrats. How much do you think that he gave Biden's campaign? It was over $5 million. More than 10% then. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Over $5 million. He went to the White House. He, he spoke with uh, Biden's top aides. He was funding these, all these other Democrat lawmakers. And you could say, well, he's just playing the game. He's, you know, because Trump donated to Democrats. Trump would donate like a pittance to Democrats in New York when he was trying to get developments going. He wasn't giving people $5 million in one election. It's not how that was working. He didn't donate $5 million to one dude. I mean, you're talking, you know, pennies to dollars here. It's a huge difference. No, he, it wasn't just to curry favor. He shares their ideology. And he, was do- he only donated to a couple of, um, of the Republicans, Lurie notes, on the Senate Agricultural Committee. He was trying to get some regulations passed. So he was really kind of trying to insulate his business with cash, buying favor. But then it all fell apart. A whistleblower leaked these documents to Coindesk, which is uh, it's like a trade source, trade news for cr- the crypto uh, market. And it showed that they were leaning towards insolvency. And they had covered the bets of Alameda Research and they ended up losing, lost a shirt. All kinds of, the exchange had been hacked, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds of things coming out about this. And then everybody became, began questioning FTX. And then everyone was like, okay, well, what about all this, this, the, the, the uh, donations to that Ukrainian aid exchange? Remember I mentioned that earlier. People were saying, well, it's a money laundering scheme. Because that ended up 
dumping money into Democrat groups to get Democrats reelected. And they were saying, no, no, Ukraine did not put any money into the exchange. It's not what happens, etc. So they're getting they're being investigated for this. There hasn't been a lot of discussion about it in the press. But what gets me is that you have everybody from Janet Yellen to, I mean, everybody. Janet Yellen made a remark on this the other day. What, it, what it, was she saying? Something to the effect of, uh, yeah, this all needs to be regulated. This is, this is, she was trying to use it as another example as to why this should be regulated. We need to be involved in this. There needs to be. But that's not what this, that's not what this was. Ah, oh, man. But they go after Elon Musk. Why do you think that is, Kane? Maybe it's because Elon Musk didn't donate enough to Democrat campaigns. They Could didn't launder be. enough money through the Ukraine exchange to back into Democrats. I think they feel as though they've lost control over the messaging power of Twitter. I think is why they actually focus on Musk so much. Well, in politics. But they're concerned about this. Yellen said crypto must be regulated after FTX's collapse. It shows the weakness of the entire sector. That's what she said. I mean, if people are going to be shade, shade, I would rather the freedom to use my brain and know that there are going to be people who are going to be shady and just avoid that and be smart rather than the government being the shady regulator. You see what I'm saying? When have they ever regulated anything fairly? That's, a, that's rhetorical. Craziness. This is a great piece. I encourage you to go and check it out over a chapter and verse. And coming up, the supply chain. Have you heard about the amoxicillin shortage? Parents are waiting hours now. An, amoxi- an amoxicillin shortage continues across the United States. This is a ba- major story. We're going to talk about this here coming up. Also, the border we have wokery. Wait until you hear about this. They're now saying trans men are saying they're so they were afraid to get their first smear test as a trans man. Men don't get smear tests because men don't have. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has announced that Texas sent its first bus of illegal entrants to Philadelphia, a proud sanctuary city. Governor Abbott said that the Philly mayor, Jim Kenney, has long celebrated its sanctuary status making the city an ideal addition to Texas's list of drop-off locations. 
So uh, go to beautiful Philadelphia. Elon Musk, I mentioned this. I only got to like touch it yesterday. I still can't get over the fact this is a separate headline. Twitter had was spending $13 million a year on free lunches. Free lunches. $13 million a year. And so he cut them. And everybody got mad at him. Showing that they clearly have no clue how to run a business. I'm just... $13 million. What the hell are these people eating? What are you eating? It's $13 million a year. Wholesale prices are rising less than expected. And another... They, they're arguing that maybe inflation is easing. No one's believing this. Dow, you're going to watch energy get more expensive next month. Dow jumps 370 points on hopes that Fed is going to slow the interest rate hikes. The stock market reacted to the news positively. The Dow rose about 300 points. Uh, also... Another, this is a weird, weird story. Another hospital chain was struck by a cyber attack. Half a million patient records in Texas are leaked, is the word that is used. Weeks after a massive multi-state healthcare IT breach led to treatment delays, ambulance diversions, all kinds of stuff. Oak Bend Medical Center said 500,000 individuals were affected by the breach, but it actually could be over a million Cybercrime group Diaxin team claimed responsibility and allegedly demanded tens of millions of dollars. They said they have patient records that they're going to release, release soon. It's known as one of the biggest healthcare hacks in U.S. history. So the medical system said that there was also a data breach to Health and Human Services on October 28th and that 500,000 people were affected. And yeah, th- this is a ransomware and data extortion group. They also went after Fitzgibbon Hospital in Missouri. They said they stole 40 gigs of sensitive data about employee and patient records. Like, of all the things to do, why would you... That's just lame. That's so mean. Mean. Mean, mean, evil people. Uh, Earth has 8 billion people now. And and the fact that they want to put us all in one line building in the desert. Remember what uh, John Kennedy said out of Louisiana? We're all going to be in the desert eating cat food. I'll be damned. That man was a prophet. And NASA launches its mightiest rocket in 50 years after Apollo. Cape Canaveral. NASA's new moon rocket blasted off debut flight. Three test dummies were apparently getting closer to putting people back on the moon. It's been 50 years, so can we? We have a lot more on the way, including the border wokery and all of the latest with apparently 2024 starting now. Stay with us. This week on the Federalist Radio Hour. The Republican Congress right now, if there is a Republican Congress in January, uh, it doesn't have quite as good of a relationship with some of those folks as it used to. That's not to say that there is no relationship and no incentive to placate some of those folks, uh, but the relationship is a little rockier than it used to be. So Patrick, how do you feel about potentially? I'm Emily Jashinsky of The Federalist. Subscribe to The Federalist on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Shooting down woke culture, one crazy headline at a time. It's the Dana Show. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for so, all 11 million. I don't want to say that him sitting here talking about how you, the American population is not reproducing on its own with the same level it used to. I mean, Sean Davis goes, replacement theory isn't happening, and it's good that it is. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Dana Lash here. 
with you. You're lovable curmudgeon. But wait, I thought that the replacement theory wasn't a thing, though. They told us that, Kane. They said it. Those people. People are going, who's they? Those people. They said it. He said it. All those people there said it. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, aborted human beings that would love a chance at life and a job. Chuck, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, there's some things there. All right, so I got a lot more coming at you here. I want to I want to kind of change it up a little bit. We're going to go back and forth, right? So I've got some serious stuff and I have some not so serious things because we're all we'll we'll all go nuts. So one of I have a girlfriend whose favorite time of the year is right when Hallmark starts doing all its Christmas stuff. Oh my goodness. She gets so excited about this. It's kind of annoying. It's all Hallmark all the time. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And now all the stories are the same, and yet they get um, they get like a ton of of they get crazy ratings. All the stories are the same. It always goes like small town girl or guy moves back to hometown and fights big city girl or guy who comes in to take over the snow globe factory or the candy cane factory or the reindeer ranch. Something entirely stupid. And then they fall in love. The end. It's usually what it is, isn't it? Every single time. They got a formula. And Hallmark started getting a little woke, which is annoying. Just like, do the Christmas thing. Okay, just that. They started getting a little little woke. And then, as a result, there was some controversy. And one of the people, because they have a lot of the... um, I was looking up this one actress. They have a lot of the same like actors and actresses that that do the uh, you know, do a lot of like the Lacey Shabbard is one. She's in a lot of these. Oh my gosh, you know Lindsay Lohan has one, what? dude, for real. I haven't seen it, but she sings her Jingle Bell Rock song, her song. It's hers in there. Good for her. She looks healthy. Candace Cameron Bure is another, and I've met her before. She's very nice. You know, she's Christian. She doesn't, you know, act like she's not when she's on secular television. And so she is, I guess, creating a new TV network that has features like this, and it's it's called the Great American Family Network. And they are making Christmas movies. And... Then she, so she, I guess, was asked about, I don't know who asked her. It was Wall Street Journal. She said that she expected the Great American Family Network to keep traditional marriage at the core, was her quote. Okay, and it's her network, yeah. right? Company, what do they tell you all the time? Go make your own platform. Go make your own network. Go make it. Well, someone does, and you still won't shut up. Yeah. So people are really mad, including this one chick. I don't know who the hell this girl is. She was on some television show one day and she spells her name dumb. I mean, I don't care. I don't care about being mean right now. Hillary is how she spells her name. It's Hillary, but it's Hillary Burton. I'm going to, I feel like George Carlin, when I see people try to get very creative with it, go look at his bit on that. I don't know if I ever felt anything so much as I did when he was making fun of how some chicks spell their names. It was brilliant. So this chick named Hillary Burton called she immediately was like clout chase she got her cardio in chasing that clout and she went after candace cameron beret 
and said that she was a bigot and all this stuff. Why does it bother you what she's doing with her own network? Then just don't watch it. If you don't like it, then don't watch it. Hell, all right. Don't watch it. It's not difficult. Don't, isn't there, what is the, um, literally, it's like the gay, the gay network. What is it called? There's one on, it's like on your cable package. What, Bravo? No, it's no, not Bravo. Isn't a logo? Like, logo? Yes, logo. It's like, you know, the only place you can see Steel Magnolias anymore. But I'm saying, though, it's like, who cares? Just go and do your own thing. So she did her own thing, and they're mad at her. And they're like, you're a bigot. And then you have this one chick who is, what was she on the Dance Moms show? I actually had to ask my friend who is a, re, again, the Hallmark lady. She's also a reality show aficionado. She told me that the JoJo lady, not like the cool thing, not like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but JoJo, the 20-something-year-old who thinks she's a teenager and still does like, I'm JoJo, I was on dance, the Dance Mother's show or whatever. I don't even know what it was. Don't tell me. I don't want to know this stuff. I don't live in this world. My friend was like, oh, yeah, that's, what's her face? JoJo Siwa, who, Siwa, who was on um dance moms and she's like my daughter thought she was annoying and i'm like i can yeah she looks like a like she's like super hyper like one of the hyper people whose face is always scrunched up and they're always bouncing off the walls those people anyway she apparently has been fighting with candace cameron beret uh she's fighting with candace cameron beret so is hillary burton jojo siwa said that previously that beret was one of the meanest people she's ever met because she didn't get a picture with her one time or something. And now she's like, ooh, something else for me to get. And now she's chiming in on this. Who cares? Then start your own little network, JoJo Siwa. Nobody cares. Go start your own little network. And it can be sponsored by pony clips and glitter and sequin jackets. Go do it. Go do it. Go start it. It can be like the child version of Chico's. Go start it. You Okay. I just, what is up with these people? How lame are you that you, someone did something that actually totally has nothing to do with me? That's what it is. I feel like they're chasing relevancy because she's like aging out of the kid star. Yeah. And so, she, and that's why she's still like dressed. How old is this chick? Do I want to know? I don't even know. Golly, I hate our culture. Oh, hell, she's 19 years old. Yeah, she's aging out of the, the kid thing. So she's got to do something. Let's fight with Candace Cameron Beret. Then start your own network, right? What's so? Leave her alone. She's doing her own thing. I would like to see non-woke stuff. Like they had this one where they were getting mad at this. It was like a conservation. I can't remember what it was. I turned it off. They got mad because the guy went hunting and they were like, didn't you know so-and-so has a reindeer ranch? And I'm like, seriously? No one's hunting reindeer. Aren't you like in Iowa? No, there's no reindeer there. Stop it. (sighs) I mean, it's literally an imaginary, they're imaginary stories, right? They're soap operas about Christmas. That's all they are. It's like they throw on Christmas sweaters and a Christmas tree. That's it. So she's doing her own network and they're all mad about it. And I, I just, and they want everybody else to be mad about it too. And I just got too much stuff going on. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, do I want to do pineapple ham as a side, because I have a, we're in our family, we have our turkey, and then we have a meat side too, right? Because it's America. 
So it's like, do we want, do I want to smoke turkey? Do I want to fry the turkey? Do I want to bake the turkey? Is it going to be Cajun seasoned? How are we doing this? Am I going to have a side? Am I going to do a little pineapple ham? Like, how am I going to be doing this? Like, what sides? How many potatoes do you have? Do you have the scallop potatoes, the mashed potatoes? You have to have the mashed potatoes because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the reservoir for your gravy. It's a little tater volcano and you put the gravy in the middle. And then you got to have the sweet potatoes. And I'm not talking healthy sweet potatoes, but just a little bit of butter and some cinnamon. I mean, you put the marshmallows on it, and I should still see the butter congealing at the top. Like that. Not because it hasn't been mixed in well enough, but because there's so much of it. We're trying to figure out how to do this. I'm also thinking, let's see, it's going to be X amount for Thanksgiving. Do I want one can or two cans of the sliced cranberry sauce? Don't judge me. I mean, these are the things, the important issues of the day, Kane. And I got Hella Ray Burton out there and this literal living exclamation point who is getting mad at everybody because Candace Cameron Bure decided to do her own thing. Leave her alone. Golly, you harpies. <sighs> Quit sucking the joy out of Christmas. Gosh, I want to watch it. Yeah. Do you want to make, I feel like, you know, it's going to be the same storyline, right? Small town girl goes back. Her dad's snow globe shop is going to be foreclosed on something. Like, there really was. I'm not making this up. I'm like, this. how does this chick afford this two-story house in this picturesque, bougie, boutique town on the salary of a snow globe maker? And then I was like, well, at least they're not made in China. I don't know. It just, like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch her network. I'm going to totally watch it. Oh, man. All right. So I have other things, too. We got to break it up. For instance, uh, this, I got to talk about this, Stanford, what is going on here? This is over the college fix. Here's the headline, Stanford racial discrimination, Wakanda forever tickets and bus seats reserved for black students. So Stanford University Graduate Student Council, they are being accused of racial discrimination and how they handle their tickets to see the Black Panther sequel, Wakanda forever. So they said that they announced via email they had a total of 450 tickets for a November 10th screening, but they're only reserving 100 for exclusively, they're reserving 100 exclusively for black students. And they said you're prioritized, you also get first dibs on bus seats to the theater, etc. And I don't even know why they would do this. They said, oh, it serves Stanford's graduate student population, we're, you know, so on, so on. I mean... Doesn't that kind of sound, um, sounds a little, a little racist. <laughs> I don't even know. Everything is so woke. Can you go see Wakanda forever? Kane, you're white, half white. Will they let you in? I don't know. I think they will. will the theater, the Cinemark they'll people? Let me, uh, yeah, they'll let me buy the ticket. They'll let me choose the seat. They'll let me watch the movie. You're appropriating. I don't think so. You are totally appropriate. Really don't think mm. so. Like if you eat a turkey, you're appropriating pilgrim culture. Damn. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming. every year of my life then. I consider it celebrating. Thank you. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. They, they, and it turned into this big thing. Yeah. When did celebrating culture become appropriating culture? So when stupid people were allowed to talk in public. That's when that <laughs> happened. Appropriation is, is not the same as celebration. Celebration is not the same as mm. appropriation. I wish people would just stop conflating the two. I mean, I just, yeah, and there were, there. And so the, 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 what is it, the Stanford Review blasted them, uh, which, wow, good for them for doing that. They actually said that, they were the ones who said this is, 
They said, does discrimination at theaters or on buses sound familiar? That's what the Stanford Review wrote. So, and then everybody got mad at the Stanford Review. I mean, I'll be damned we go a day without getting mad at somebody. If that, if the torch and pitchfork sits for too long, it disappears. You got to use them every day. I saw the um, AMC theaters were reporting this past weekend that they had worldwide 4.9 million butts in the seats to see Wakanda. Um, So they all couldn't have been just of color, obviously. So I don't get why we always have to draw these lines of demarcation as it pertains to race, sex, religion, politics. It's so stupid. Yeah, like, you know, back in the day, it, it doesn't, it, you know, I used to watch Different World. I watched The Cosby Family. That was like, you know, pre uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because Uncle Phil was like America's dad. Man, Uncle Phil was American. When he got mad and was dressing someone down, that's like when mom stopped doing dishes and, you know, dad stopped dealing with the dog and everybody came in and would watch because you wanted to see someone get beat. And now it's like you can't do that. Like you're... It's just, why do people have to be so just ridiculous and over the top? It just, honestly, I did, we did not have all this division when I was in high school and college. Now it's everywhere. And, and people are being trained by media to be so hypersensitive to every, and look at everything as a slight. And it's not. It's idiocracy. We're here. It's his life mission. To make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So my favorite dog breed is German Shepherd. And there was this amazing video that came out of Florida. A six-year-old was running out of his house. He was going to play with his pet German Shepherd, a pup named Tank. And then as they're playing, and I was watching this video, as they're playing and the dog's so happy, he's like, yay. And the kid's like, yay. Well, then this big black dog starts charging across the, across the street towards the, towards the six-year-old. And as he looks like he's about to get to him, that's when Tank intervenes, cuts in front of the kid, and then pushes down that dog and directs the... And, and then there's another dog that comes up, too. He, like, handles all of it. Then the mom comes out. Uh, there was another dog that came out, and then the mom came out to get the dog, or to get her son, and the German Shepherd was like, oh, okay, I'm good, I'm good, all right. My, my, my owner is safe. He's safe. And so they said uh, the parents were asked about it because she posted another clip. Uh, she posted that clip, another one. She says, our, our neighbor's dog randomly charged my son and Tank saved him. And she said, he's not professionally trained. He's just, he, he, you know, that's because that's, that's his boy is why. I love German Shepherds. They are the best. Oh, we don't deserve dogs. They're so great. Uh, also, and a couple of others here. Not all of them are happy like that because then you got this guy. His mugshot, his, his one eye is totally swollen. Uh, Florida man was arrested for DUI and animal cruelty because he punched a dog and threw it down some steps. Oh, give me, I just need 60 seconds in a locker room with this guy. It's all I need. So he left the home in a vehicle prior to deputy's arrival. He was totally just blast, blitz. He was blitzed out of his gourd. And uh, he was accused apparently of animal well he's charged with animal cruelty he punches dog threw it down the steps uh so now he is charged with all this stuff including felony uh and he's uh he's got a court date for the 23rd of december can i punch him and throw him down the stairs yes. like repeatedly yeah. i'll even go bring him back up the stairs just to punch him and throw him down again 
Yeah, see? I, I can punch him, throw him down the stairs. Kane, then you can punch him and throw him back up to me. There you go. Hey, it works. Look at that. So this guy, Florida man, he stole 85 pounds of shrimp and a GPS unit. 52-year-old Felipe Fonseca of Stock Island. He gets charged with burglary larceny, possession of burglary tools. I, I am made of questions about that. And damage to property. I mean, I get the other charges. But, like, can't anything be a burglary tool? Anyway, he stole a bunch of shrimp and he stole a Garmin, 80 found, 85 pounds of shrimp and a trim tilt unit for outboard engine and air pump. Uh, took it from this guy's uh, storage facility. He store shrimp there? And uh, he that's the other story. Where's that at? And he's charged. He's in jail. Stick with us third hour next. Mr. Leader, uh, can you respond to former President Trump uh, announcing that he plans to run for re-election? And do you believe that will help or hinder your chances in the Georgia runoff? The way I'm going to go into this presidential primary season is to stay out of it. I don't have uh, a dog in that fight. I think it's going to be a highly contested uh, nomination fight with other candidates entering. And it's all going to be quite good for you all to cover. And that's the answer that Mitch McConnell should give, by the way. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here, because no one is entitled to anything. It always is, what have you done for me lately? And you got to earn it. Let's not forget this. Y'all, we fought a war to not kiss anybody's ass, be they wearing a crown or be they an elected official. I ain't going back. So they got to fight to get our vote. I don't care who they are. Welcome back. Dana Lash here with you. Third hour of the show. And that's true. It is absolutely true. Now, I sent out, if you get my email prep that I send out every single day, uh, this... I had some interesting polling there. Now, I'm going to tell you, I thought the Senate polling was right. The House polling wasn't far off. The Senate polling was spot on. But they're, they're already, I think all, it, this is all way too much to, it's way too early to get into this. I mean, for real, it is way too early. Uh, but I did, I included some stuff in there for 2024. And uh, I have... Uh, uh, just there's a the, I, I'm going to tomorrow I'm going to include something from the American Firearms Coalition they have a survey in which they have a DeSantis lead and all of these also include like a Pence and things like that which he can run but he's not going to he's not going to be anything I have a piece that I'm writing right now and I'm going to I'm going to come out with it a little later this week it's a it's a cautionary piece the danger of DeSantis not by way of character or policy you because we had Jeb Bush and we had Scott Walker and I'm not saying he's like he's much more conservative than either of those two clearly I mean he was the only politician who didn't shut down anything during the lockdown Florida stayed open while the country shut down so let's keep that in perspective but there is this interesting thought that way back even before Trump announced Jeb Bush is an old school He's part of the establishment. Everyone thought he was going to run. Everyone thought, well, everyone thought Scott Walker, after the whole thing with Wisconsin, could run. There is a danger in starting things way too soon. And you don't want to see... I, I think DeSantis is a good candidate. And I think that iron sharpens iron. And I think that as a voter, again, we fought a war to have choices and not to have kings. So I would like to see that. 
And I think that there's, I don't want to see anyone running afoul of any kind of danger like that, which I don't think he would, but it's an interesting train of thought. There are still some, some surveys out there. There's, I think there's one survey that has Trump leading, but there's a majority that doesn't want him to run. I haven't broken out the cross tabs, all this, because I think it's way too early. I put it in the prep just because we, I have a portion of my audience that likes that. And I make sure I have content. I've served my people. So there were, like I said, I, I, if you get the, the, it's in the Wednesday, Wednesday radio prep, I put it in there because there, for instance, there was a Politico morning consult. They were, that was the one that had Trump over DeSantis, but the Texas Republican party, but it was, uh, they said that 65% though said that they did not, they, they thought he should not or probably or definitely not run for president again. Club for growth has DeSantis in a lead political morning consult had DeSantis or that was the one that had Trump, uh, Texas party, Republican party of Texas, CSW had DeSantis in the lead. And then there was interactive polls, which is a conservative firm that had DeSantis uh, plus 25 over Trump. So it's, again, way so early for that. There was also this piece that I saw, uh, Philip Kirpin, no, Philip Klein, sorry, over at uh, NRO had a very interesting piece. I disagree with some of it. He said, unlike MAGA, the Tea Party got the job done. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because there were some good candidates that came out of the 2016 movement, I think. I think Winsome Sears is also one of those good candidates. You know, we did get some good candidates. And I think that the Tea Party, and I say this as the co-founder of the, the 2008 national movement, I mean, the Tea Party fielded some bad candidates. Every state kind of did its own thing. Christine O'Donnell was one of those bad candidates. But I also think that the relationship between the Tea Party and the MAGA crowd is explained that by realizing that without the Tea Party, you couldn't have the Trump presidency. The Tea Party laid the ground for that, laid the groundwork for it. But there's a huge difference also that cannot be understated in how these in, in how these two groups are organically structured, because the Tea Party movement was more than just voters. It was literally a gr- groups all across the country. I know I traveled the country meeting and helping raise funds for them. Uh, they it was it was very, very grassroots, very loosely organized city by city in numerous states. And the whole entire purpose was to just take over the GOP. There were a lot of candidates Tea Party delivered the 2010 shellacking. A lot of people were taken over different committees and different precincts uh, there. I mean, the effects of which are still being felt in states like Texas, my home state of Missouri uh, and others. And I think that the MAGA movement is is more of a cultural. It's more it's more of a voter movement because it's not an organization. It's more cultural. Does that make sense? Because and the Tea Party focused a lot on financial and there was a libertarian bent to it for sure. The MAGA movement is more is also still very focused on finance and very, you know, lower taxes, etc. But there's also an emphasis more so than there was in the Tea Party on national security by way of border national security uh, by way of energy independence. Because while that was an issue back in 2008, it wasn't such a prevailing issue. So there are major differences. And the Tea Party also built a big tent. I think MAGA expanded on that by a lot more. Because since 2016, and this is, so I take, I, I'm, I said earlier, the two things that I did not like about Trump's address. Well, actually, not didn't like. I didn't like the one thing I didn't like was that it was so early because he's going to get hamstrung by all the FEC stuff. Uh, but 
I do wish that he would have spent a little more time on talking about those gains that that uh, the party since 2016 has made with minority voters. And I know he did touch on some of it, but it is such and blue collar. It is such an underreported story that I think it deserved. I mean, he spoke for an hour. I think it deserved more than a couple of minutes. Because that is where people, that is where they go. That is what, I mean, people are like, I'm, that's an every man. No one can say that. So I think that's incredibly important. Now, as far as, you know, McConnell and all of that, I think that was the right answer for him. Some people might not think it is. He, I would be mad if he said, well, here's what I think. I don't give a, I don't care what you think. You are the Senate leader. Remember what I've said about these politicians. They're vessels for what? Your vote. I don't care who they're endorsing. I really don't. I don't care who McConnell endorses. They are vessels for your vote. The one thing that I don't like that Trump said yesterday, because overall, I thought it was a decent speech. Some, some of actually his fans were saying that it was low energy. I think it was just because it was so packed full of stuff. He was like going over, he was playing the hits. He was like going over. Yeah, he was trying to be presidential. Yeah, I don't think it was low energy. So I don't, think that that was necessarily the right take that some people had on it i don't know do we have do yeah, we have okay we, we do. do okay audio soundbite three this is the only thing that i strongly oppose and i'll explain listen the drain the swamp i will push for a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of congress it's time now it's that's time. all i need so that is what i had an issue with and here's why i agree with the federalists on this, I agree with the James Madisons. Uh, I agree, uh, the Federalist Papers. There's so much on this. I agree with what the founders wrote in the Federalist Federalist Papers, a thousand percent. I think what Federalist Fifty Two. I'm trying to remember are all of them because all of them touch on that. I, I agree with uh, with Madison. I uh, I agree with Adams. I agree. Well, Madison specifically, I think he wrote a lot about this. Term limits. That is the voters' vote. Why do you want to give something else to D.C.? I think it's a big government response to, vo- to citizen apathy. I think it is, I think term limits, I am so against term limits, it is insane. Because it is the voters' responsibility. This is what Republicans do. When Republicans decide they don't want to fight an issue anymore, they're like, well, let's go ahead and have the government do it. Like Defense of Marriage Act. This is the same p- basis on why I was against that. Well, uh, we're tired of uh, trying to change hearts and minds. Let's have the government do it. Again, government authority is like the one ring from Lord of the Rings. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It does not matter who is in possession of it. Just because the possession changes does not mean that the use of it changes. It is still big government. It is still expanding government. Giving away the voters authority to the government is an abdication of citizen duty. It is a failure of the citizenry. It is an affront to the Constitution, and it is an affront to the founders' intent for how voters should have responsibility and dominion over their elected officials. That is why I'm against term limits. I know some people disagree with that, and that's fine. I just have a very harsh view of it because I think it's, I think that it is term limits are lazy. Get out there and change hearts and minds. I don't believe enough people have. When I saw the voter turnout, we went over that. Was it yesterday, day before? 
Oh, I sure as hell know people. The, if, they're, if they ain't turning out, they definitely ain't block walking. People don't realize how important electioneering is. That's the thing that changes hearts and minds. Anna Paulina Luna is the perfect example of this. That lady, she's a friend of mine. She had a historic flip in her district in Florida. She was shut out of all the airwaves. She couldn't buy ad time. You know what she did? She made up for it with hands and feet. She made up for it by hitting the pavement, by going and knocking on all the doors, by calling everybody, texting everybody, getting out the vote. And she made up for that shortfall. When you have people like that and and when you have engaged voters like that, you don't need the government determining who, how long someone can, can hold office and how long they can't. I encourage everyone to read the Federalist Papers on this and be actually informed before having a conclusion. Because I, this is absolutely giving more power to the government. It is a big government, anti-conservative position. I am staunchly against it. Now, it's not enough to make someone my enemy, but I'm against it. Because I think that this is one of our civil rights. Now, I obviously have a much harsher react- at reaction when it's a natural right, as affirmed by the Constitution, like Second Amendment, free speech, etc., but this is not something we should cede to the government. So I re, people need to read the Federalist Papers on this. Absolutely. It should be a requirement before entering the debate. So you are fully informed of both sides. Because this is, I think it's, it's giving up a responsibility. We have more to come. Stephen Yates is going to join us here a little bit because, man, that video of Xi Jinping dressing down Justin Trudeau is making the rounds. We're going to talk about that in Poland, so you don't want to miss. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. All right. So, first and foremost, this uh, Children's Health Group, I mentioned this earlier, they're calling for the president to declare a national emergency They say that kids are left waiting for up to 15 hours in overwhelmed emergency rooms due to a shortage of amoxicillin, which is a basic antibiotic. They have said that hospitals, because of rates of RSV, which you don't mess around with, and I know people whose kids have had RSV, and the flu, uh, super dangerous to kids. They said that they're surging. You know why? Because everybody stayed home two years. Uh, They're surging to their highest level uh, in a decade this time of year. And a lot of parents, too, one of the things that experts have have noted is that a lot of parents, when their kids get these symptoms, they immediately, or even other symptoms of, you know, even a cold or something, uh, people are immediately going and demanding to get antibiotics. There is an abuse of antibiotics, so you're seeing antibiotic resistance and also a shortage on this. Now, the powder which, with which they use to make these antibiotics uh, for kids, and the liquid also comes from that, that comes from China. That's what we're talking about when we say that antibiotics, China has a monopoly also on that as well. So I don't know, maybe there's a way to have more or to have, uh, you know, domestic production. But it's crazy. I haven't heard anything from the president on that. But boy, oh boy, he'll take prime time to do two, you know, political speeches. Oh, this is so disgusting. I can't believe someone did this. And someone paid for this. The 1970s nasty, disgusting Birkenstocks. That Steve Jobs wore or being auctioned for $218,000. Oh my gosh. The final. Oh my gosh. Oh, and you get an accompanying F- NFT. Get an NFT with the purchase. That's so dumb. 
They, the, they went for $218,750. The buyer was not named, probably out of embarrassment. That is disgusting. They're worn out and nasty. His nasty feet were in those things. That is so gross. And the New York Times is now writing about how the FBI had as many as eight informants inside the Proud Boys group in the months around the January 6th Capitol riot. Recent court papers indicate raising questions about how much federal investigators learned. Also, where's the question of why didn't they stop it? If they thought it was an insurrection, why didn't they stop it before it happened? Very interesting. Hmm. You don't say. Hmm. That just seems, it is interesting how a lot of people are now, entities are reporting on this now. A man was dancing on top of an 18-wheeler. Here's the, oh, here's my Southern Missouri coming out. 18-wheeler. 18-wheeler. And it crossed under a bridge and, you know, the concrete overpass. And it, he, it, he, it killed him. It's horrible. Stick with us. Stephen Yates next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Everything we discuss is then leaked to the paper. That's not appropriate. And that's not all the way the conversation was conducted. This is, so it sounds like the G20 summit. It's not going so great. Good heavens. So this audio, we mentioned it earlier. Welcome back, your lovable curmudgeon here. This was President Xi Jinping dressing down Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And he looked, uh, Xi Jinping looked uh, not, he looked kind of catty. I don't know how else to say it. You could hear him say, well, they said that they did not appreciate that they had uh, there was in, there was things that leaked to the papers. That's not appropriate. It's not how the conversation was conducted. And Trudeau looked taken aback, and he just replied with, "Well, it's you know we have a, a open and and uh, a transparent. Uh, that's how we deal with things. You know, and you know we have an open and transparent discussion. I can't remember exactly his words, but it was it just seemed like he could have pushed back a little bit harder. It was just just weird." So what I, I just can't believe that he's, you know, Xi Jinping's walking around and I, it makes me wonder who else he was dressing down there. So for for this and many other issues, the first Monday he's not on and everything goes crazy. He's never allowed to leave again. Stephen Yates, who is a senior fellow at America First Policy Institute, and he's also chair of the China Policy Initiative. Uh, he was he worked in uh, foreign policy in the Bush White House, and he also uh, has advised uh, 45 as well. And uh, he's on the phone with us now. My friend, thank you so much for joining us. And I appreciate it. Your busy schedule. I just wanted to get your your reaction to that video. I mean, it you, you have the Chinese communist leader dressing down Canada's prime minister. It's on tape. He has no qualms about it, doing it right in front of somebody with a camera. I mean, obviously, I think that's great propaganda for them. But man, Trudeau looked weak there. Well, I think it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So in, if uh, we're going to get kind of Xi Jinping 2.0 coming out of the COVID lockdowns himself and entering out of the world, uh, he's showing his fangs. Uh, he's the bully on the block and he's letting people know it. Uh, but as I say, I mean, Trudeau has really, really bent the knee and kissed the ring uh, for Emperor Xi multiple times, thought he could get away with having a private chat and then spinning the public yarn. And she called him out on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, of course, 
it would be a lot better if maybe world leaders stopped bending to China and said, you know what, if you want to meet with me, we're going to have a joint press avail where I'm going to answer some questions from my press, and so are you. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, then maybe we don't need to meet. Uh, but for leaders for decades have bent to China's whims on this. And it's about time one of the show voting liberals got bitten and took us for it. Yeah, it's just we're talking with our friend Stephen Yates. Uh, it just seems weird that, you know, it, it makes it, here you have Xi Jinping walking around as though he's just a regular guy there, not the, you know, the guy of a communist regime that took over Hong Kong, is threatening Taiwan, unleashed a pandemic on the world, uh, all kinds of stuff. I, I wonder if was there if he treated anyone else that way. I just don't I can't imagine that his conversation with Joe Biden went off any better. Well, Joe Biden has a harder time coming out of a meeting and recounting all the things that happened in it than than Trudeau does. So Trudeau was able to give a bit more of a readout, perhaps, of uh, what was what was discussed. But it sounded like what the Chinese were objecting to was that he was trying to spin that he was tougher on Xi in the private conversation than he was. Mm. And she just eyeball to eyeball, put it right in his chest. So on the one hand, while I think Xi Jinping is a demonic, evil character in the modern day drama, I wouldn't give him credit for anything. Uh, we probably should have more of this kind of going back at Xi Jinping, too. Yeah, yeah good point. Uh, the other issue I wanted to bring up is the across the on the other side of the planet, the issue with Poland and Ukraine. Now it's coming out that, well, it looks like it was, you know, maybe Ukraine shooting down a Russian missile but that's not what Vladimir Zelensky said in video. He gave one of his video addresses uh, the day before yesterday, well, yesterday, because he he said, well, this was a Russian attack, you know, et cetera. Um, and he mentioned NATO. There should be a strong response. And then now it, NATO and the even Poland's foreign minister, the United States, we played audio of Biden acknowledging this. They're saying that it looks like it was accidental. That's a very different conclusion than what Zelensky was in insinuating in his video um does he I, I mean what are your thoughts on that because it seems like he's he that seemed to, to be a, a, a really over a wrong reaction that he had and if everyone had acted on that my gosh what would have happened well you would like to believe that people who are in charge of national security with lives on the line and their nation's fate on the line would be more careful than some of us in the television and radio commentary business But even we, for years and years, have talked about you have to be full with first reports. Uh, And when this first happened, and it was kind of an isolated thing, I had a number of friends calling saying, hey, what happened? And is this going to trigger Article 5 and other kinds of things happening? And I said, well, there are processes for all of that. Uh, But a, a wise person told me early on in my time in government, just be very, very careful. Human error, incompetence, and a whole bunch of other factors Uh, a lot of the time are what causes inexplicable accidents. And so let's make sure we know what really happened before jumping on this. And sounds like that's, that's the way it went. But for Zelensky to jump in on it like that, I think it was very risky for him. Uh, There are credibility consequences if you get caught crying wolf and you are wrong. Yeah, that's a very good point. How does, so it looks like that's pretty much at this point all, kind of wrapped up it was weird uh, and this is the last question for you uh because we were we were listening to uh, a dod presser earlier today uh and the defense secretary was out saying it, he it, it was weird because he said it was 
uh, kind of an error, but also that Russia ultimately bears responsibility, which seemed kind of like a mixed message. Where does this go from here? Is it just we acknowledge that it was, you know, kind of an errant thing? It was not an attack on a NATO member. So back to how it's been for the past, you know, year. Yeah, well, I think that what the administration and others are trying to stretch for is it's Russia's fault that there is a war. And I don't actually right. dispute that. Uh, right. Putin did invade. He shouldn't be doing that. OK, I think we can we can compare notes and agree on that. Uh, but when it comes to how this isolated incident was handled, there are some problems. I mean, there's problems of communication, of verification, trust, and also as we've talked about, a lot of people don't want to face up to, at some point we have to say, what is it that we aim to accomplish in this? What is it exactly our objective? Are we fighting to a standstill? Is America leading the way on money and risk? Are Europeans going to step in and do more? Uh, and, you know, so what is the off-ramp for this? Or is it another gradual forever war? Uh, and that, I think, is uh, an awkward spot we're caught in right now. The current administration, I don't think, has answers or wants to give them on that. But I hear that there's a contest for leadership ongoing in the U.S. and the Congress and otherwise. Maybe those bright minds can start cluing us in and engage this conversation. All right. I, I agree with that. Stephen Yates, you can follow him at YatesComs on Twitter. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. We're grateful. Thanks so much, Take Dana. Take care. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, that's a very, it is a good point. And the, the reaction that Zelensky had, too, was so different from what ultimately the facts ended up being. And whether, you know, you heard Stephen, uh, you heard Steve talk about, well, is this going to be another forever you know thing? We sent, how much, what did we send over? I had the headline. We sent over how many billions, or they voted. Biden wants to send over more money is what it was, correct? Yeah. Uh, how many billions this time? Yeah, we're we're up quite a bit. He's he's asked for okay, so he's asked for more than thirty seven billion dollars in Ukraine emergency aid. That is coming yeah. On top of everything else. So what gets me, I think back to this, do you remember that piece? And there were a couple of really um I think there was there was a write up about this and I was trying to remember. I was look going I'm looking back at what what was the here, where was this at? It was from progressives. Now, don't think I'm like citing progressives for anything, but it was the Congressional Progressive Caucus chair statement on Ukraine. Do you remember this? It was dated October 25th. And I think a lot of conservatives immediately looked at it with a wary eye because it was, you know, Premier Jayapal that authored it. She's part of the squad. And when you read it, she said that, you know, they were talking about aid to Ukraine. Uh, McCarthy is threatening to end Ukraine. You know, approximately, you know, they were... They were saying that, you know, ultimately in, in their in their letter, they had a complete reversal. They sent this letter out looking to end the conflict in Ukraine. And then what was it in the same afternoon? They sent it out that morning. And then in that afternoon, they legit had to withdraw it. They withdrew it. And they came out and said, Quote, the letter was drafted several months ago. It was unfortunately released by staff without vetting. I accept responsibilities, chair of the caucus, et cetera, et cetera. Every war ends with diplomacies, you know, so on and so forth. And they got a lot of heat over that, not within the Democrat Party, too, which is why they ultimately had a complete, they withdrew the letter. And when I was reading the original letter, 
it, yes, it was Premier Jayapal, but it wasn't like the crazy squad kind of stuff. Do not think I'm, I don't want to find common ground with these people. My point, though, is I don't understand why you can't even discuss or bring up how to negotiate the end of the conflict. Because that's what they were suggesting. They were just offering one way to do it. And they were blasted for it. I didn't, I mean, they were, they were saying that, it, you know, they, they mentioned, and this is what made me think of this because of what Yates said, how long will this grind on? They said a war that is allowed to grind on for years. They, they were talking about how it d- displaces people, that Biden should engage in vigorous diplomatic efforts. You know, so it, it didn't say that Ukraine could not be involved in the negotiations. And it didn't say that, you know, there was nothing. Um, they said that the U.S., it creates a responsibility for the U.S. to explore possible avenues, including, you know, engagement to reduce harm, supporting Ukraine, etc., and I think people were mad because the, the, what the, the negotiations included Russia. And people were like, you can't negotiate with Russia. Well, yes and no. Because how long should this go on? I think there's so much here that I think people don't understand. People don't understand what a lot of what ended up happening after you know, the, the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, where the borders were, who was running what. There's a lot of stuff here that plays into this. But the fact that you don't even want to have negotiations that could end this, like on the table, is kind of weird. It's weird we can't even talk about it without somebody going, you're a Russian bot. I hate discourse in this world at this time. It is so annoying. Because people don't even want that to happen. So what they'll do is they'll try to taint you by association. You're a Russian bot. Because what you're talking about, no one likes, no one likes Putin. No one likes commies. No one also likes a war that goes on for forever. And where you have stuff like this that happens, where everybody holds their breath until more facts come in, while some people don't at all. So it's just, if you can't even discuss ending the thing, you can't even, if you can't even discuss discussing it with negotiations, then how do you ever plan to end it, to wind it down? It doesn't make any sense. So maybe that's, I don't know, who knows, but the way that, that so many people reacted yesterday, immediately running for the torches and pitchforks. Good heavens. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. A whole lot of folk in America right now who are mad. There are a whole lot of folk in the land who are mad and they are angry and they are vicious and they they don't have the wherewithal to see the big picture. And so there are other folk who are trying to stir them up and they bite folk who are easy to bite because they happen to be nearby instead of dealing with the larger hellish situation. That's what we mean when we say we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers Uh, and principalities, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual wickedness in high places that creates hellish situations. He's talking about, well, the very thing that I have on my arm in Ephesians 6, 12, 15. So that's uh, Raphael Warnock, who is just, wow. Uh, Welcome back, your lovable curmudgeon here. He's trying to appeal, make this appeal that, well, you know, I've, 
I don't even know how this man became a preacher. I don't know. I think anybody can be a reverend on the left. But, man, I mean, the stuff that he has been saying from behind that pulpit, it's interesting how the left has all kinds of problems with churches if they think it's if, if the congregation's conservative. Or if they, you know, they or they, how many problems the left has with, like, Catholic nuns who get involved in who, who uh, if they don't take a, offer birth control. Or they go after Christian charities for adoptions and all this stuff. It's just, just insane. But this is okay. That's okay. Man. So, welcome back to the program. Uh, this, I, I, you want to go to chapter and verse. My newsletter over at Substack. And a lot of good stuff that is out this week. We have a story about FTX up there. Also... Uh, some polling and all of that in today's prep email. We also have the piece about Poland, Ukraine with updated information. Uh, we'll have some other stuff coming out this week as well. So make sure you don't miss because stuff goes out regularly and it's worth it. It's over at Substack. It's chapter and verse. You can find the link at danalash.com where it says subscribe or all of my social media profiles. Oh my gosh, today in Stupidity Kane, just about Roger Yeah, Klein. It is. Uh, oh, we know that we have record amount of illegal immigration crossing mm-hmm. over our southern border. Mm-hmm. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas yesterday, he uh, said this Do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. Oh, wow. I don't think okay. that that's accurate. No, at it's all. not. It's stupid. Folks, have a great night. Find me on Facebook, YouTube, everywhere else. And I'll be back behind the mic with you tomorrow.